0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Rhonda Colvin, one of our Capitol Hill reporters. And today we're speaking with Tamiko Brown-Nagan. She just authored a book on Constance Baker Motley. Uh, and the title of that book is Civil Rights Queen: The Story of Constance Baker Motley and the Struggle for Equality. And this is part of our series in the contribution that Black women have made to American history. So we thank you, Tomiko, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. And thank you uh, to our uh, viewers who are watching us right now. Remember, uh, if you would like to tweet a comment or a question during this half hour, we're gonna try to include some of those in this conversation. You can tweet those to our handle post live. Uh, We'll go ahead and get started, Tomiko, because this is just a half hour, but Constance Baker Motley did so many things. So I'm hoping that we can really have an educational discussion here. Um, First off, what inspired you to write this first ever biography on Motley?
1: Yes, I was inspired to write about Motley when I encountered her during the writing of my book on Atlanta and the history of the civil rights movement. Motley litigated the Atlanta desegregation case all the way to the Supreme Court. And uh, in seeking to draw readers into a discussion of a court case, I wrote a biographical sketch of Motley, during which time I realized that there was relatively little scholarly engagement with her legacy and her uh, achievements, and I wanted to correct the historical record.
0: And, you know, part of the hallmark of her early career is that she was a part of the NAACP's Legal Defense Fund. Can you tell me how she got that job? Uh, you write that Thurgood Marshall hired her on the spot. Can you tell me how she got that job and what her time like was there? Sure. Happy
1: to. Constance Baker Motley first applied to work at a New York City law firm, uh, which is the most lucrative sector of the legal profession, and she essentially was turned away at the door. Uh, The white male partner did not want to hire a woman, certainly not a black woman, and so she was delighted when she applied to be a student intern at the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Uh, Marshall hired her on the spot, as I said, and treated her so differently than she had been treated by the 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 white uh, uh, partner, Um, he was friendly towards her. He told her about all the black women in his life, including school teachers who were important and uh, was just happy to to have her on board. And she was uh, thrilled to get a dream job. And she worked at the NYCP Legal Defense Fund for 20 years. And you know, most people know Thurgood Marshall.
0: You know, as the first black justice on the Supreme Court, his work, of course, on so many landmark civil rights cases. What was her relationship with him like?
1: Sure. Well, they had great affection for one another and respected one another. Uh, I recount in my book how uh, Marshall once gave an interview during which he said, "Connie just walked in and took over." which suggests her impact on the uh, Ink Fund, as well as his respect for her. Um, he uh, litigated alongside her, supported her career for 20 years at the Ink Fund, and yet the relationship was, was complicated in some respects as well, in ways that um, shouldn't be surprising to us because Motley was so ahead of her time in terms of uh, the struggle for women's liberation, and I'm happy to talk about those incidents if you'd like. Sure, yeah, I'll elaborate on that. Right. So um, Motley uh, litigated, her first trial was in Jackson, Mississippi, where she litigated a salary equalization case on behalf of African-American school teachers. First case, uh, and it was you know, one where um, I discussed how amazed people were to uh, to see her uh, She was an extraordinary not only a black lawyer or a woman lawyer what a but a black woman lawyer um, and yet when she returned to New York she found herself uh, having to argue to Thurgood Marshall that her salary uh, was not what it should be uh, given, her contributions to uh, the Ink Fund. She also asked for a, a different title. And thus one can see that she was fighting for herself the same battle that she had been fighting for her clients. And this is a theme that repeats across the book. The other incident that revealed the complications in their relationship occurred in 1961. I describe a setback in which Motley failed to win promotion to uh, Marshall's uh, job as the head of the King Fund when he was appointed to the court. And she was disappointed by that. She thought race had something to do with that failure uh, and gender uh, as well uh, that Thurgood Marshall just could not imagine uh, a woman as the head of this civil rights organization. Uh, and I, I think, again, that illustrates how even in this um, amazing, historic uh, uh, organization fighting for civil rights, there were blind spots related to gender in Motley's estimation. Yeah,
0: and that's so interesting. You also, you kind of touched on this just now. You talked about how somewhat of a, a spectacle it was when she you know, appeared in a courtroom. Could you talk about you know, her physical characteristics and also the fact that she was a Black lawyer and a female lawyer and the combination of the two you write was extraordinary at the time. How, how did people respond to that when they saw her?
1: That's right. Um, they, they gawked at her, they scrutinized her, they were excited by her. And on her physical characteristics, she was striking. Physically imposing, nearly six feet tall, uh, attractive, reserved. I call her the Civil Rights Queen uh, in part because she was regal in her demeanor, had been taught by her family, uh, particularly her father, that she, as a uh, West Indian, was superior um, uh, to African American uh, Blacks. And uh, she carried herself in a way that commanded uh, respect and. In Mississippi, in when she litigated that first case, and even years later when she litigated the uh, desegregation case on behalf of James Meredith that broke Jim Crow at Ole Miss, people were just uh, amazed at her, Um, and she was litigating in the context of almost always being the only woman in the courtroom, and there she was as a lawyer a traditionally male profession moreover um, she was uh, executing her skills in the context of local counsel there was a local black lawyer and the NAACP always needed to have local counsel who when he walked into the uh, courtroom in Jackson he displayed his uh, inferiority, or the presumption of inferiority, and his uh, inferior place in Mississippi society by walking uh, with his back bent. Uh, and, and there she is, this woman standing tall. And it was just, uh, it was amazing. People would come in, and black people, some women, white women, to see her argue her case and see her do something that uh, no, no black woman was doing no woman was doing uh, which is to ask white men uh, and it was typically white men to account for discrimination in their communities
0: and i think this kind of segues into a clip that we have we have um baker motley discussing how it was like to be a black woman in this environment let's take a look
2: in mississippi generally Uh, And throughout the South for that matter, it was the custom from slavery to address blacks either as boy or women by their first names. Black women were not accorded the dignity of being addressed as miss or missus. And when I first went to Jackson, Mississippi in 1949, the I think it was the Jackson Daily News was the name of the newspaper they refused to address me as Mrs. Motley. They referred to me as the Motley Woman. And some of the lawyers who opposed me in the cases which I I brought in Mississippi refused to address me as Mrs. Motley. And, of course, <laughs> that was something which surprised me a great deal because I wasn't accustomed to that, having been born and reared in New Haven, Connecticut, and living in New York. I knew about it, but when... It actually happens, you are uh, really shocked that any person uh, who calls himself educated and professional, like a lawyer, uh, would refuse to address another lawyer uh, as miss or missus, but that's what actually happened.
1: Hmm.
0: Tamiko, it's so striking to hear her say that and hear it in her own words. Uh, Did you find any sense that, you know, those type of indignities that she had to encounter, that they affected her in any way, whether, you know, professionally when she's arguing a case and meeting these indignities, or even personally, uh, if it took a toll on her?
1: Sure. You know, Thurgood Marshall taught Black lawyers not to react, not to show anger when they were verbally assaulted in the way that motley just described and she took that advice Uh, she did not display anger Uh, this was true when she was a lawyer it was true when she was in politics and it was true even when she was on the bench and sometimes encountered disrespectful counsel Uh, and yet in the context of mississippi and those white male lawyers who Uh, were disrespectful to her. She did raise her voice in complaint. She asked the judge uh, to instruct the lawyer uh, to call her by her right name and certainly not to refer to Motley as her or she, these indirect references that one of the lawyers used. And thereafter, he referred to Motley as the New York counsel, which is an improvement, uh, I suppose, but still a display of disrespect. Um, I'm certain that Motley uh, took notes and was affected in some way by those kinds of um, uh, shows of disrespect, but there's something about her having been raised in New Haven by West Indian parents uh, who taught her that she was superior. That is important to note here. Um, I argue in my book that while um, we don't often talk about uh, that that dynamic um, between uh, West Indians and African American blacks, so her father actually taught her that she was superior; they were superior to African Americans, particularly in the South. Um, it, it actually was a protective armor for Motley. Uh, so in that clip. I think you can detect that she's truly bewildered by um, this man who wouldn't shake her hand, who wouldn't call her by her right name, because she had the attitude, well, I'm a graduate of Columbia Law School, and I'm uh, from the Bakers of New Haven, and of course, I should be accorded respect, and I think that kind of attitude was helpful to her throughout her careers.
2: Mm,
0: Yeah, that's so thought-provoking. Um, talking about her you know, immigrant background and how that played into uh, her journey into a uh, civil rights lawyer, uh, as well as politics. Uh, and we'll get to the politics part in a minute. But I wanna ask about her role with Brown versus the Board of Education. So many of us were familiar with uh, what that ruling was and its place in history, but not very familiar with her role in that case. Could you talk about how she worked on that case with Thurgood
1: Marshall? She was the only woman on the legal team that helped to litigate Brown v. Board of Education, and she was uh, the person responsible for writing the original complaint in the series of cases that made up Brown, and she also helped on the legal briefs, doing legal research and even historical research, Uh, so she was right there in the thick of it when the lawyer's Uh, along with some of their allies, sociologists, historians, law professors, were working uh, very long hours in the run-up to their filing at the Supreme Court, uh, having to or being expected to be away from their families uh, for days at a time, just essentially living at work. Motley was there with them. And uh, something that I thought it important to point out in my book is that in the same time, that she is doing all of that work that go, went into um, the, the Brownhurst Board of Education decision. She was pregnant. She gave birth to her son and he was an infant and toddler. So she's balancing her career and balancing her home life. And you can imagine how difficult that was, including because it's still a relevant issue today. Uh, And I also point out that um, although Motley was a vital part of the team, she was she was behind the scenes. She did not actually argue uh, any of the cases at the Supreme Court. And uh, that, too, is important to know, even as uh, I, I lift up the story of Constance Baker Motley, this woman being right there at the center of this great constitutional law case.
0: Hmm. it's just astounding to to know how pivotal Brown was and to not know that she was that involved in it and not to have heard of her name. So many people have not heard of her name or her contribution to history. Why do you think that is? Why do you think her, her contribution and mentions of her name aren't as well known as Thurgood Marshall or as others that she worked alongside?
1: It's a great question. And I would say it's because Historical significance and leadership are essentially coded male, Uh, and so there there are many uh, men involved in the movement, um, not only Martin Luther King Jr. and Thurgood Marshall, who of course are rightly uh, remembered and a part of the American historical landscape now, considered great leaders. Uh, a lot of people who, frankly, contributed less than Motley, uh, who who are, are better uh, known. And a part of what I wanted to do in this book is correct the historical record um, and uh, encourage readers to see the movement through the eyes of a woman, through the lens of gender, and connect Motley to Uh, A number of activist women at the time who also made contributions to the civil rights movement and uh, who uh, more recently are receiving attention, but also suffered uh, from a relative lack of attention. I'm thinking of uh, Ella Baker, Pauli Murray, uh, people of that nature, strong uh, women who had tremendous impact, just like Motley. Uh, Motley
0: went into politics, uh, and I believe it was 1964. She was elected as the first Black senator, Black female senator in the New York State legislature. Could you briefly talk about her road into politics and why she did that shift from being a civil rights lawyer to uh, wanting to be involved with legislation and policy?
1: Sure. She thought uh, by the early 1960s and certainly the mid-1960s, that the arena of struggle for African Americans had shifted to politics, uh, to the pursuit of voting rights and to the election of black officials. And so she was open uh, to the possibility when she was asked by black and and white male power brokers in New York City to run for office. Uh, I would imagine that it it also may have been uh, an interesting Path for her to take because, after all, she had been, she had experienced that setback at the NAACP. She was the number two lawyer, uh, and yet she uh, understood herself to be a a highly qualified person, and she took that plunge into politics. Now, I should say that uh, although there were many people, in the Democratic Party who saw her as a great asset. She already had name recognition from her time as a lawyer, uh, which is everything in politics. Uh, there were others in the Black community in New York who thought she should stay in her lane, that she was not, in fact, a uh, the, the best representative of uh, African Americans, the, the most authentic uh, representative of African Americans, but of course, uh, she was not only representing uh, African Americans, which is a point that that she made, as she was a, a coalition builder uh, and was on the forefront of the creation and the pursuit of multiracial democracy through that context of New York City.
2: Mm.
0: And then moving on to her being confirmed as the first black uh, female judge confirmed to a federal bench. Um, Tell me about her road to that, why she was chosen and what she accomplished in that role.
1: Motley was chosen because she came to the attention of uh, President Johnson, who was eager to make his mark as uh, a a pathbreaker in uh, civil rights. Uh, She was highly recommended by the entire civil rights establishment for that judgeship, as well as by federal judges before whom she had argued, Supreme Court justices. Uh, And yet she did encounter uh, some some critics on the way to that nomination. People who said that uh, although she was an experienced lawyer, her experience was in the field of civil rights, and thus they argued it was too narrow for a judge who would sit on the prestigious uh, Southern District of New York a federal court, which heard a lot of financial cases. It was essentially a question of whether she could handle those cases. The ABA rated her qualified instead of highly qualified; its its highest rating, uh, claiming that she had not argued in. Uh, New York, uh, which is was remarkable and and, and a farce, frankly, uh, given the depth of her experience in federal courts throughout the country, and that was clearly a transferable set of experiences. And there were those who even um, brought up her race because there was a the thought that it would be uh, too political to appoint Motley to the bench at the same time as Thurgood Marshall was on the bench. Uh, And so she did encounter resistance uh, from friends and certainly from foes like Senator James Eastland in Mississippi, the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, who claimed that Motley was a communist uh, because of her youthful left activism in New York. Now, ultimately, none of it stood in the way, but she had to run the gauntlet to get that seat.
0: Hmm. Uh, and, and it's so interesting to hear you talk about that confirmation uh, experience that Motley had, because we are awaiting you know, news soon uh, that President Biden will announce his pick for the Supreme Court uh, vacancy. And we know he has confirmed that it will be a black woman. Based on what you've been researching about Motley, uh, what's been on your mind uh, as we await this, this history-making moment from Biden?
1: Mm. Well, it's been a long time coming. Motley herself appeared on a Supreme Court shortlists during the 1960s and early 1970s and had advocacy groups, including the National Women's Political Caucus, uh, putting forth her name for the Supreme Court. She did not get the nod including because uh, the civil rights issue followed her. It was a double-edged sword with some making the same kinds of arguments that uh, she couldn't be fair to essentially white litigants in federal court. Um, And so I'm thinking about that that phrase, running the gauntlet. Uh, It's both a moment uh, that, as I said, has been a long time coming, and Motley would be thrilled to see so many eminently qualified African American women uh, be positioned for the nomination, and yet these processes are they're fraught. Um, we've seen rhetoric pushing back against the idea of the nomination of an African American woman, and and so I, I feel cautious, and I I uh, know that someone will be confirmed by virtue of the uh, math, simple math, and, and yet I, I do. Um, expect and we're already seeing that uh, there's a lot of scrutiny involved in these proceedings. Uh, and so I, I am uh, cautiously optimistic and also pleased that we're at this moment validating the principle that Motley and so many other civil rights lawyers fought for and still fought f- fight for and that is equal protection of the law. Um, equal opportunity in the workplace—that moment has arrived.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, a quote that we had in the Washington Post. It was by a Georgetown student who said, "Having a black woman on the Supreme Court could be a life-changing. Could be life-changing for the young black girls coming behind me. Proof that what we believe for ourselves can come true." What does it mean uh, for you, as someone who's researched this this historical figure in Motley uh, and this history-making moment that will be coming uh, at the end of this month uh, with Biden making a pick, these figures bringing their stories out, what do you think that tells the next generation?
1: Mm. Well, Motley was and is inspiring, and one of the reasons that I wanted to write this book and claim her rightful position in history is precisely because of the importance of visible diversity for all of the people uh, for whom she stood in, women and immigrants and uh, African-Americans, working class. Uh, It's important for the range, the full range of humanity to to be represented in positions of power, which is why I can appreciate what the Georgetown student Uh, uh, said there. At the same time, one of my, um, one theme of my book is uh, about the price of the ticket, which is a way of uh, suggesting that no one individual uh, should should bear the weight of social change for an entire uh, race or or gender uh, or class of persons. The fit between representation and substantive outcomes is, is inexact. And I think that's true regardless of if the individual is Constance Baker Motley or this person who is going to be nominated to a court where there is a conservative supermajority and likely will be for some time. And so there's, there's, there are limitations on what that person could uh, accomplish uh, despite being on the highest court in land.